Hey everyone, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course, TikTok. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. AZ or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to talk about something that has been on my mind recently, and it's been a, a, a pretty big constant theme, I suppose you could say, in my adult life, which is a concept of passive, assertive, and aggressive. So these are personality traits. And the way I view it is the following. There are some people who are very passive. Passive meaning they don't really speak their mind. They put other people's needs before their own. They don't necessarily share opinions sometimes because they don't wanna hurt other people's feelings. It's a little bit more on the soft side of things. There are people who are really aggressive and maybe they're confrontational. They like conflict at some level. Maybe they're a little bit mean. Maybe they're too direct. Maybe it's really blunt. They think of themselves completely before other people. And then of course you have something in between which the word I'm going to use for today is assertive. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's the word that I have heard other people use and it's the word that we're gonna use in this podcast. So assertive would be something in between where you are thinking about the needs of others, but you're also thinking about your own needs and you're, you have this kind of balance between being way too passive and way too aggressive. Obviously, as most things go in life, a balance tends to be the best way to approach things often. And the thing I've been thinking a lot about is my personal nature. So me personally, for example, I am someone who doesn't necessarily like conflict. I avoid conflict. I don't like hurting people's feelings. I especially don't like stepping in other people's in other people's lives. And what I mean by that is I don't like necessarily telling someone, hey, you should do this. You should do that. Oh, I think you doing that is a bad idea. Don't do that oh, that's a bad idea, you should, like those kinds of things I, I I tend to avoid. And in many ways, I think it's a double-edged sword. So on one hand, it's good because it means it makes me someone that's very friendly. I get along with people, I, have, I make friends easily. I like almost everybody. Most people tend to like me because I genuinely like them despite the life decisions they make, despite if I agree or disagree with their worldviews, despite, right? I think it makes me really hear people out because I want to hear where they're coming from. I want to learn their life perspectives. You know, I, I think it makes me very, I don't know, likable, I suppose. And I really genuinely like almost every single person I meet. <laughs> um, but I think there's another negative to it as well, where sometimes people need to be called out on the things that they're doing. Sometimes, or even not even called out, that sounds so aggressive or so strong. Sometimes people genuinely want to hear your opinion. They genuinely want to hear your perspective on a specific thing they're doing. 
I mean, I've met people who are who are making certain decisions and I had an opinion on the decision they're making and I just keep my mouth shut. I literally don't say anything because I just want them to live their own life. I don't want I don't want to have an influence on what they're doing. I want them just to do to do them, do what they think is right and and there you go. But there's a lot of people who I know who literally I've been told even sometimes like Azran, like, what do you think about this? Like, I actually, I really value what you think. I really want to know. I, I think it'll help me out. And, you know, that's something I struggle with. I, I, I struggle with that because I'm always afraid of stepping on people's toes. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to share my opinion, but my opinion actually lead them down not the best pathway because I just didn't have enough information as to what I think they should do. So I've gotten better with it. Usually what I do now is I'll be like, hey, my thoughts are this, but I, I think you should do you. It's a common theme in my podcast, actually, and all the content. I share a lot of stuff and a lot of advice, but I think I do a decent job of, of saying like, hey, this is me. This is my experience, right? Blah, 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 but you've got to do you. You've got to filter it through your own lens. I think additionally, I, I also, uh, um, I've just been thinking about this recently. People made, uh, someone made, a couple of people made com have made comments about this. So it's, it's been on my mind. Um, you know, the questions I ask people, I often will avoid anything that could be remotely too personal because I'm afraid of, of offending them or going in a direction that's too personal. So, but sometimes they actually want to talk about that kind of stuff. So interesting stuff that I've been thinking about that I wanted to start this podcast off on. Now, um, let's go into some language learning topics. I've got a little bit of a list here that I wanted to cover off. The first thing is, um, I think it's important to lean into your strengths when learning and teaching another language. I think that's important. Myself, for example, I tend to be really good at pronunciation. Pronunciation is something I almost always have a really, really good grasp on because I focus on it so heavily from day one when I learn another language. For example, I'm going to be going to Germany. Oh, I haven't talked about this. I'm going to Germany tomorrow. Isn't that crazy? I'll be in Germany for a week. I'm going there for a conference um, and it's basically free. Breakfast and lunch is covered. The flight is covered and the accommodation is covered. So most things are covered, which I think is super cool. Um, it's part of the easy languages work that I do. So I, if you guys don't know, I make videos on a YouTube channel called Easy Languages. Um, they're a YouTube channel that has lots of videos for people learning a variety of different languages. I make a lot of their English videos. So part of that, I've gotten this conference that I'm going to attend literally tomorrow is when I fly out. Now, um, so even for German, for example, I speak no German, but today, one of the things on my list is I wanna learn some German because I'm going to be in Germany. And literally the first thing that I'm going to learn is the phonetics and the pronunciation. That's my starting point. So for me, pronunciation always ends up being a strength for me whenever I'm learning another when I'm whenever I'm learning another language. And I lean into that. I really lean into that because it leads people to praise me on my pronunciation when I speak with them. So you've got to figure out what are your strengths with another language and how can you lean into it? Because if you lean into those strengths, people will compliment you on those strengths. And when you get complimented, it's going to lead to more confidence and you're going to feel good about yourself in that language. If you, if you feel good about yourself and you feel confident, you're going to keep pushing along and you're going to keep learning and you're going to keep studying, you're going to keep practicing, you're going to do more because you're gonna want more compliments and you're going to learn all the faster. 
So this is something I believe in heavily. Figure out what you are good at with that language and how do you display that strength and lean into that strength. Teaching is the same thing. Lean into your strengths when teaching. I think this is especially important when you're in a position of teaching a language where perhaps you don't have a near native-like or native-like fluency in it. So a great example would be um, for Mandarin. I do some Mandarin teaching. I run these drop-in, free drop-in classes every single week for Mandarin learners. And listen, I have a lot le left to learn in Mandarin. So I lean heavily into pronunciation because I know I've got that down. The things I teach, I make sure they're things that I feel very comfortable in, stuff that I really know well. And suddenly the activities go really well and people learn really well. And I actually think people don't realize that my Mandarin is limited. There's limits on my Mandarin. I think there's people who don't fully realize it because of how well things are facilitated. So you've got to lean into your strengths. I highly, I strongly believe in that. I strongly believe in that. Um, another thing I want to talk about, it's going back to the German comment that I made a moment ago. I, I really believe in doing some work on pronunciation, phonetics, and the sounds of a target language early on in the process. I think it goes a long way. So let's look at German, right? I mentioned I'm going to learn some of the sounds of German. If I can find time, I should be able to have some time. Hopefully I can find some time, but that's my plan. And what that's going to allow me to do is when I hear German, it's not going to sound very foreign anymore because I'm going to be able to identify the sounds that people are making, which therefore makes the, the language easier for my ears to process. One of the challenges with learning another language is that we that the sounds of other languages are foreign to our brains and to our ears. So if we train our ears first to get used to those sounds, it simplifies things, it simplifies everything else. When you learn a new word, it's a little bit easier to remember. When you learn some new grammar point, it's easier to remember. Everything becomes easier to remember. Listening comprehension becomes easier. Speaking and being understood and pronouncing things clearly so people follow along what you're saying becomes easier. Understand, understanding the cadence and the rhythm of the language becomes easier. A lot of it becomes easier. And while I don't think you necessarily have to do pronunciation first and learn the sounds and phonetics of the language first, I don't think you have to, but I do think it's, it's, it can be helpful for many of you and it's worth a try at a minimum. And I know it works really well for me and I, it's something I, I, I definitely believe in quite heavily. Changing gears a little bit and moving to another language learning topic um, is I'm not a big fan of advice. You know, it's funny, I made a podcast recently called All, Ad called All Advice is Wrong-ish. And I was talking about how every piece of advice someone shares is based on the knowledge and experience they have so far. And as they get more knowledgeable and as they gain more experience, the advice will most likely transform and, and evolve over time. Which is why the advice someone shares on day whatever is probably, maybe it's good advice, but it's going to get better as assuming that person continues to get better and more skilled and experienced with language learning, okay? Now, I also am someone who believes that language, actually not just language advice, I'm someone who believes that taking advice from other people, you have to be careful with it. You have to be extremely careful when you take advice from other people. There's a few reasons, number one, Often advice is biased. Often advice is biased. What do I mean? Let's take um, uh, let's take a non-language learning example. If your um, 
my mom advised me to go to university. She said, Azran, you're gonna go to university. Not even advised, I was going to university. It was just like a decided thing. You're going to university, you're doing this. Yes, you're gonna go to university. I had no issue with it. I was like, all right, cool. Went to university, like there's no issue. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did, I had a great experience. Um, my mom paid for a lot of my university. I paid for some parts, but like it was it was a great experience and it was fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I went. But my mom and I have had some very interesting conversations after the fact. When I asked her mom, what if I said I didn't want to go to university? What if I wanted to do something else? Like, and in her mind, it was a hard line. No, you are going to university. It's been ingrained in her that university is the right pathway. For me, I think it depends. I think, yes, it might be, but you've got to look at things very logically to figure out, should you go to university? Should you go to a college? Should you go here? Should you work there? You know, what does it cost? Are you going to go into debt? There's a lot of considerations when you're looking at college slash university. I think it can be the right decision. And I think sometimes it can be the wrong decision. But when you when you looked at the when I look at the advice of my mom, you know, let's be real, it was not necessarily in my best interest. Not necessarily. It was something that was initially based off a deep-seated belief she has, but not necessarily based on 100% logic. Now, my mom is a very logical person, so I'm sure if I brought up, hey mom, I wanna do X, Y, Z, and we had a conversation, she would have probably, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing she would have been accommodating to an extent, but initially, the initial advice that came out of her mouth was not necessarily based in my best interests. Not necessarily. She thought it was, but logically, perhaps it wasn't. Let's look at language learning, right? Someone might say, oh my God, you've got to, do study at home is way better. Study at home programs is way better than taking classes. But that person sells a study at home program. That's a biased piece of advice. So number one, you've got to be you got to look at who's giving the advice, and you've got to think about what what is their bias. Me personally, when I give advice, I try super hard to be unbiased. Literally, sometimes I go too far. I go too far sometimes, like to the point where. Uh, I like literally somebody was like talking. I, this has happened so many times. I'm talking to someone in real life and they're like, man, I'm trying to learn Spanish. You know, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm using Duolingo, but I want to find some better resources. I want to make some more progress. What do you recommend? Like, like what, what kind of programs do you know about? And literally I give seven minutes of recommendations. We talk about it, blah, blah, blah. And not once did I even mention I teach or I offer classes they can work through work with me. It's literally, sometimes I've done all that. And like, I don't even mention I, I have my own service because I'm so obsessed with being unbiased and giving like unbiased advice that I, I've gone too far in the past. I've now balanced it out a little more. Now what I do is I'll like give all the pieces of advice. I'll be like, hey, well, there's two routes, self-study or classes, right? You can kind of look at those two things. Self-study, here's some pro, here's some things. Let's talk about your life. Like what, like what's your schedule like? What, what are you leaning towards? And we'll talk about it. I'll try and give the best advice contextual to them. And the final thing I'll always say is, and then by the way, if ever you ever in the future at any point, if you ever want to look at classes with me, I, I do offer classes as well. Um, just let me know if that's something you ever want to look into more. That's the balance I found now. But literally, like, I think advice you have to be very careful. Most people default, even me. I'm sure the advice I give is biased unconsciously. I have unconscious biases too. Like, when I say things, take it with a grain of salt. I've said this many times over the hundreds of episodes I made. Like, absorb, the, absorb things from your own lens. 
Filter things from your own lens. Don't just take stuff blindly. Think about it, process, right? Ask questions. Um, people have questioned, like literally I'll make videos and stuff and content and people question me like, hey, what about this? And I'll be like, good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. You're not wrong. I probably should have said that in the podcast. It didn't occur to me. I probably should have said that in the video. It didn't occur to me. Good point, excellent. And then I evolve, I get better. The content gets, like it's just, you can't take someone's words as gospel. You just can't, I don't think it's a good idea. My other issue with advice is there's a lack of context. There's a lack of context. This occurred to me yesterday, uh, two days ago. I posted, um, oh no, I talked about it on the podcast too. I posted a picture and talked about it on the podcast. The last podcast episode was called a high low strategy. We talked about how I think it's a good idea to use certain resources that are slightly too, slightly too hard for you and use other resources that are slightly too easy and how I think that this can create a lot of progress for language learners. Somebody left a comment. I posted this on Facebook too and somebody left a comment and they said, do you think this would work for Japanese as well? Like, do you think I could get good at speaking and listening and reading and really progress? If so, I'm gonna give this a try and jump back into Japanese. And I read this comment and I actually had to think about how to respond for a whole day because as he left that comment, I was scared. I was like, if I say, yeah, yep, go for it, try it. I think that absolutely. There's so many nuances. He might, this individual, he or she, I forget if it was a he or she, they might go into Japanese, pick a resource that is way too easy for their level and pick another one that's way too hard. And suddenly they're not making progress. Or they might, who knows, they might um, pick a resource, they might pick the adequate difficulty of, of resources, but for that person's learning style, it's just not right. That's not the best approach. This person just needs to pick one resource and stick with it because this person's way too, they're, they're already using 17 resources and, 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 and my advice is not right for them. Like, I think there's a lot of nuances between the, when you look at the advice that someone gives. Nobody knows your exact situation. So I don't necessarily think it's, it's the best idea to go take advice and run with it. Not always, you've got to think, you've got to absorb, you've got to kind of process. And so my whole take with advice, right? I'm always super cautious with whose advice I take, what I think of it, what advice I give, right? I give a lot of blanket advice in my content, but one-on-one -on -one, I get way more, um, I ask a lot of questions. I'm trying to get the best advice I can give you. The one thing I can always say, and in fact, even one-on-one, -on -one, like really it all comes down to this. Take advice, think about it, not too long, but process it, make a decision. If it sounds right, do it, but then analyze your results. Analyze the results. Did it work? Did it not work? Be objective, be objective. Look at concrete, did it look at like, did that work for you? And make adjustments. Certain things will work, certain things won't. And I think that's the best way to do it. I think doing is way better than any, is way, doing is important. Doing is important. Take advice, listen to it, try it, do it, implement it. Adjust based on the results. Take more advice, do it, try it, implement it. And then of course, listen to yourself. I think listening to yourself really matters. A lot of people look externally for advice, which is fine, it's amazing, I think you should do it, that's, that's great. But I also believe listening to yourself is equally important. You've gotta to listen to yourself. Um, you'd be shocked at how many answers lie within your own head when you just shut up for a moment. When you just for one moment, sh like 
look yourself hard in the mirror and just be like, legitimately, what needs to happen here? When you can do that, it sounds super zen and meditation-like, but honestly, it's a skill set I highly recommend people practice. Um, I, it's actually, it, this is something I've never talked about. I don't think I've ever said this before. One thing that my mom did absolutely 100% correct in raising me was, and, and by circumstance, I think a little bit, it got reinforced, was I have been um, raised with very good mental habits, mental habits growing up. I went to martial arts from a young age where we had to meditate. My mom used to meditate at home and she used to tell me, meditate. She used to teach me how to meditate. She used to teach me, hey, when someone says something bad about you, it's not a reflection on you. It's actually like a boomerang that goes back to them. It's a reflection of them, right? Like when someone tries to bully you, here's how you react, right? Don't hurt other people, blah, blah, blah. Be a good person. And like all these great morals and values and blah, blah, blah. Um, that I've had so much practice with a lot of good mental practices that now, you know, sometimes when it's a hard situation, I can just like stop and be like, all right, hang on a second. This is hard. And I'm like, I'm confused and I feel lost and I feel foggy and the, I, I really don't know what to do, but I actually do know what to do. If I just shut up for a moment, I stop, physically stop, stop moving. Like, okay, what needs to happen? And you just, in that seven seconds, you will know what needs to happen. Typically, you know, actually, here's the thing. Even people who are really indecisive, who are really maybe struggle with a lot of that stuff. I think everybody knows, but you're scared that you're what you're what you think needs to happen. What you actually know needs to happen is wrong. You think, okay, you're, you're struggling with blah, blah, blah language, or you're struggling with some decision. You're like, oh my God, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm sad. I'm stressed. I'm upset. Inside, you actually know what decision you have to take, but you don't have the confidence in yourself that that decision is the right decision. And I think the biggest thing that's been comforting for me, I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago, you know, uh, there actually, at the end of the day, isn't really a right or wrong answer. You're never gonna know. You never know if something's right or wrong. And in fact, decisions, they're typically, at least in my experience, there often is no right or wrong decision in many different circumstances. There's exceptions to the rule. There's some extreme exceptions like um, me doing heroin or not doing heroin. Not doing heroin is pro, I mean, I feel pretty confident saying that's a, it's the right decision. But in minor life day-to-day -day decisions, I mean like, oh, should I use this textbook or that textbook? Should I buy this program or that program? Should I study Russian now or should I wait six months? Should I, should I tell that person that I like them or should I not? Should I ask him to marry me or should I not? Should I, should I, uh, uh, like those, like there's a lot of decisions where it's like, I don't know, there is no right or wrong. Should I ask him to marry me or not? You ask him to marry you and, and they say no. And it leads to a breakup. And you're like, oh my God, that was a bad decision. Actually, maybe it was a good decision because maybe let's say you hadn't asked that person to marry you. You would have been together six more months and then you would have broken up over something and now you've wasted six months because you asked the person to marry you, the breakup happened sooner and now you're like, great. And you got over it faster, you moved on and blah, 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 blah. Life moves on. Or maybe you asked them to marry you, they said yes. You're like, yes, thank God I asked them to marry me. But then who knows? Uh, because you got married, you then went on a honeymoon and but the honeymoon kind of took a wrong turn and it led to you guys having a big fight. And when you came back, it kind of had a bad start to your marriage. And suddenly the marriage goes kind of sour after 12 months. 
and then you divorce and then your family's like, oh my God, you divorced so-and-so, you have bad, you made a bad decision. You're like, oh my God, why did I marry that person? But then maybe that actually was the right decision because, because you had that divorce and made you a stronger person. It made you like decisions are really deep, right? And so you, it's not, it's never binary. It's you, you never know. So you just gotta, I think my take anyways, you gotta think to yourself, what's the right decision, make the decision and then just, there we go, move on. Cause you never know, you're never gonna know. Anyway, I don't know how the hell we got there. That was not at all where the where the heck I was planning on going. It's funny how my brain works. Um, that's a trait I take from my dad. My dad can talk his face off. Like literally, like I've seen people myself, like he's just talking and talking on the phone. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. When's he gonna hang up the phone? Cause he just talks and talks and talks. I definitely have that character trait from my dad. Thank goodness for my mom and like for like environment factors that have curtailed that and in real life with actual people, most of the time I'm like pretty good and I like let people talk and I really listen and blah, blah, blah. But podcasts, pff, I go crazy. You don't, you guys cannot talk. You just have to be forced here and listen, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I gotta go. It's been 25 minutes. It's already 12.27. I was gonna try and wrap this up at like 12.08. So clearly I've gone too long. I appreciate your attention. We will talk soon. Bye for now.